Amen. Praise God. Good morning. Should we stand one moment? I want us to pray for the people that we witnessed to last week. Just picturing your mind, whoever you spoke to or whoever God led you to, and just lift your voice and pray the truth of the gospel into Camden or wherever those people may be. You pray for your people. Go ahead right now in Jesus' name. Father, we lift Camden and we lift all of those who received the word. We pray you would bless them. You would open minds, open eyes, open spirits and spread salvation in this city. Thank you for the freedom that we have, God, to preach your word, to shine your light. And we pray every seed, every door knocked, every hand shaken, that you will bless, extend your glory, extend your kingdom, extend your kingdom, Father God. We pray for that seed. And we extend the kingdom, Lord. We bind every blinding spirit. We bind every deafening spirit. We bind every hindering spirit. And we set the people free in the name of Jesus. Move upon them, Father. We wrestle against the powers of darkness. And we speak in the power of God's light. Saved lives, saved souls. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. I bring you greetings from Dublin. I was in Ireland with the Western European Conference. Gustav, Roy, and many others say hello. We do that once every two years. And one of the messages I preached there was this message, which a very rare thing. I think I have to go back maybe 15 years to find a time that I preached the same message twice. So I preached this here about three or four weeks ago to some people anyway. But it really shocked me and it burdened me to see the amount of responses and the amount of ones-to-ones that I had here following the Leaders' Day and then also in Dublin last week in talking about this thing. And for that reason, I want you to listen today and I pray that God sets you free. Amen. 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 That he continues and increases the freedom, and he helps you discern whatever may have got in your boat. There was a boat in the Old Testament, remember? And it was sailing along quite happily, and then a man called Jonah got in the boat, entered into their lives. Do you know from the moment that man arrived in that boat, what happened? Trouble! Nothing but trouble. It got worse and worse and worse and worse. And in the end, they started praying, oh God, is it him? Is it him? Who is it? And the wonderful thing was the discernment correctly came upon them. It's Jonah. What did they do with him? (laughs) Overboard. Do you know what? In your life, if you look back in your history, at certain times, either an emotion entered your boat, Or a person entered your life. And if you think back, and this is so true, it's very difficult to get people to retract and actually go back and deal with something. If you think back properly in the light of God, you will probably be able to say, do you know what? I can remember the day and the hour 
that things changed for me. When that person came or this incident happened, that's when it changed. Now, being alive is enough to drive you crazy. Never mind being a Christian. <laughs> being a Christian is definitely enough to drive you crazy. Being a pastor is enough to drive you totally and utterly loopy. Amen. Say amen. <laughs> right? But it is. It is. There's so many things you, you, you face in life. And Jesus, listen to this. All of you are serving God. Jesus was sending the, the, the servants of God out. And he could see the problems they were going to face. So he's trying to help them not pick up baggage. Look at it. Look at this. Matthew, top of your notes. Matthew chapter 10, verse 12. As you enter a home, give it your greeting. In other words, okay, go out in life, be friendly, be nice. <laughs> give it your greeting. If they're friendly back, if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. But if it is not, look at this, let the peace, your own peace, return to you. Here's my question. When did you lose your peace? Where did you lose that peace? So they're with Jesus. He gives them my peace I give you. He gives them that peace. And then they go out and look at the end of the verse. If, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words... Leave that home, or person, or town. Shake the dust off your feet. Not, not, not. Shake the dust off your feet and keep walking. Now, it's a pretty stern piece of advice, I think, from Jesus. Ex extremely so. If you, the Holy Spirit, one of the words for the Holy Spirit is the helper. So, when I'm born again and the Spirit lives in me, who lives in me? The helper. So it is instinctive. It's, 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 one, it's a basic instinct for me to help. Right? But the reactions that people have when you offer help and it gets rejected, that's what Jesus is talking about. When you tried to help your son or your daughter or your neighbor or your brother or your sister, when you tried to help people and they refused it, what did you do then? Now, will you forgive me for what I'm about to say? Am I forgiven before I say it? Just say yes. Just get me out of trouble before I get into the trouble. Men and women are different. I know you already knew that. <laughs> Men and women are very different. You see if I'm moving this speaker, you see. And I, Tim says, Mike, do you want me to give you a hand shifting? I say, no, I'm fine. I'll do it myself. It's okay. Men. Do you know what he says? No problem. Because he's a man. And men just, no problem. You don't want my help. I'm off. I've got plenty to do. But see if it's two women. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. That's not what happens. So one woman offers another woman help. And the woman says, no, no, I'm fine. Oh, you're fine. We'll see. We'll see about that. And now we've got the feud that lasts 10 generations kick into play, right? Amen? It's true. Very different natures. And there's reasons which I won't go into. For that, but I find men incredibly different when it comes to the rejection of a helping hand. I could talk to you a long time. My hand is rejected all day long. I feel like scripture in that way. All day long I've held out my hands to some places and churches and people. And all day long they have rejected me. Try and live with that one. 
What did you do? Where did you lose your peace? Which job was it? Which office was it? Which day was it? Which meeting was it? Where that confrontation took place? And what did you do when they said, I don't need your help? What did you do? This is a list of negative reactions that people have. Some people just won't let it go. Right? They become relentless, relentless in the wrong way. Amen? Amen. <laughs> they chase and chase and chase. I was amazed. You know Jordan Peterson? I think he's excellent. Psychologist from Canada. I just, by a God incident yesterday, bumped into a statement by him on this very point. They asked him. It was a huge crowd. And someone put their hand up and said, Dr. Peterson, if, some, if you're offering help to someone, and they don't want your help, what should we do? And I was amazed at his answer. He more or less said, walk on. Just keep going. He said this, you probably need to think that your advice or input should be used elsewhere. I thought, wow, I didn't expect that. Some people say he's a Christian, some people don't. I don't know. But in terms of relentlessness, I need to think about it. I need to think about it. Why am I pursuing what I'm pursuing? Some people become defensive. You can get offended. And by the way, don't get offended. Don't carry. When Jesus says, if you offer help and they reject it, shake the dust, that's not aggression. That's not you getting vindictive. No, no. What that is, you're shaking off everything about this. You're not going to carry it with you for the rest of your life. Did you get that? So it's not a bad reaction. It, it, it's an emotional thing, a spiritual thing. You actually need to be able to let things go. Amen. So don't get relentless. Don't get defensive, offended, or retaliate, or get angry. Or you can become a schemer. If they reject your help, I know, I'll send Tim. You know, I'll do this, I'll do that. And we try and deal with it in other ways, or downright bitter, and that's a root which is incredibly problematic. And really it surprises me a little bit. Jesus says, walk on. Learn how to walk away from a situation. In some way you're absolved. And then people will say to me, are you saying that I should give up on people? Just give up on people. I offered help and I'm just supposed to walk away. We don't give up on anyone. But there's certain people you have to give up. Okay? It's not giving up. We're giving them up. We're giving them over to God because they don't want what you're selling. And that's very important. Thank Jesus for this verse. Amen? Thank God for it. Instead of being a Jonah, whatever Jonas are in my boat, nothing's going to go right for me since the moment that got in. Since the moment that argument happened or this happened, things change. What Jonas are in your boat? <laughs> What Jonas are in your boat and what do you need to chuck out? Take a look at this list then. It's a few examples of the type of people that we can't help. People who think they don't need it. That's me, right? So many times that's who we are. We need to see ourselves on this list. I was thinking this morning, I was in Cardiff on a hill and there was a good car in front of me. You know when the clutch goes? You know the smell and the noise? There was a, a posh lady in the car, and the clutch went. So you know what it is if you've had that experience. But she didn't have a clue what was happening. She thought the more she revved, 
the more she'd be able to get up that hill, but that's not going to happen. And she started rolling, 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 and a guy jumped out of his car, and I could see she was an elderly, very posh, highly educated, intelligent woman. And, you know, and the guy was, did exactly what I did. He said, your clutch is gone, just put the handbrake on. She would not listen to him. She would not listen. And that car was going back into oncoming traffic. I said, just put the handbrake on. You can't shift it. Do you know, she wouldn't listen. Number one, <laughs> people who don't think they need it. I have no doubt that woman was very, very high achiever in one area. But it wasn't driving a car. <laughs> Sorry. Amen. And I've said this many times. But I say it to you again. And, and I beg your patience. Because I'm qualified in one area doesn't mean I'm qualified in them all. You may be a great pastor, but a hopeless husband. A great businessman, but a bad father, I don't know. And so we must remain open and be open at all times to analyze, do I need help? people who don't think they need it. I shared this, and it's a sad example, but when my wife was dying, she had about three weeks, four weeks to live, and she, her belly was very big, and we were waiting for the consultant. He had about 20 doctors, you know, quack, 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 all walking by him, all down the corridors, and we had to wait and wait, and I was there with a relative sitting beside Jeanette's bed, and we just waited, and in came the man who knows what he's talking about, right? Amen? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. So he came in and he looked at Jeanette and he, you know, blah, 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 talked a load of, you know, the language they talk. Morning, Deborah. Morning, Remy. They talk this language. And then he said, um, nothing. No treatment. Just leave it. Uh, we'll, we'll be back in 24 hours. Well, the person with me said, excuse me, doctor. It's, it's pretty simple. It's pretty clear what needs to happen here. Very simple. She just needs to go to the toilet. You know, do you understand? I thought, oh, Well, I tell you what, if you attack a consultant in front of his ducklings, you're just about to get toasted. Yeah? So he turned turned around and he started to speak his language and explain, if you do A, she will die. If you do B, she will die. If you do C, she will die. Do you understand? She will die. There's nothing we can do. That doctor left the room that person didn't change one out. <laughs> I thought you'd say, well, I should have known better. But the fact of the matter is, in, in, multi, in a multitude of situations, you're going to need advice. Isn't that correct? You're going to need advice, and I hope and pray that I am open for that. Category number one, those who don't think they need it. Category number two, people who know that they need it, but they don't want it. <laughs> I know you're right. I know you're right. It's, it, it, it's crystal clear that you're right. But I actually don't want that. And that's a question of probably for us being too early in a situation or offering the wrong advice to the wrong person. Number three, people who don't want it yet. And speaking as someone who regularly delivers prophecy, I, I would encourage you to be bold in your prophecy. Be obedient, you know, just step out of the boat, go and do something. It's with sadness that I tell you, in terms of delivering prophetic words, I've often got it wrong. 
I've been too late. And saw this couple and God told me they're in adultery. So I was traveling and I traveled a long time. I was gone for weeks. I came back and I went straight actually to see uh, the man. I sat down and I said, you know, no easy way to say this. No easy way to say this. Uh, so I'm just going to say it. So I just said it. And uh, his reply to me, I will never forget. Never forget. You're too late. You're too late. Types of people you can't help. People who don't want it yet. You've got to get the timing right. Amen? When you intervene, I could give you other examples. I had another example just about a year and a half ago right here in London. And God spoke to me about one woman. You know, she's going to leave her husband. She doesn't know any, I, they don't know, I know, God knows. So I invited the couple out for a cup of coffee. Do you fancy going for that cup of coffee, guys? <laughs> Have a cup of coffee, sit down. They haven't got a clue why we're here. You ready for it? Ding -a -ding -a -ding -a -ding. More sugar? No, you're fine. And I turned and I just bombed it right, because sometimes you have to do that to get the truth. I said, you're leaving him. You're leaving him in April. I've even got the month. More tea? <laughs> so everything goes quiet. And then she said, that's correct. It's April because that's, I'm doing this, that, and the other. I'm free in April. And I'm leaving him because, oh, there we go. We get the truth out. Thank God that was on time. And today, happily married couple. Amen. Amen. So some people don't want it yet. And as a Christian, I hope and pray that you develop, and I continue to try and develop, the art of timing. When I bring someone correction or advice, for me, it's absolutely critical. Jesus, for 30 years, unable to do anything. Because the timing wasn't right. Amen? Had to be in secret. Had to hide. Even with everything going on around him. Had to wait until the appropriate time. So in marriages, I've learned that the hard way. In marriage, for me now, I wait. Never argue. Wait until you've got a good spirit and a good attitude. And I'm going to my wife in an upbuilding, edifying, gracious way. Timing. People who don't want it yet and me maybe delivering too soon. Do you know I heard a scripture the other day that I've heard it a thousand times and I never heard it. Listen. Behold, I stand at the door and if you let me in, oh, I see. So Jesus offers help to those who receive the help. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you don't want my help, then I won't come in. It's no problem. But I stand at the door and knock. If anyone lets me in, if you do want my help, then I'll enter in. Did you get that? Amen. It's important. I need to have that openness. But even Jesus is not bursting in to people's lives. He is somewhat reserved and waiting for the right moment. Number four. This is, everybody say, ouch. ouch. People who don't want it from you. Ouch. Ouch. That really, that really hurts me, I tell you. <clears throat> Why wouldn't you want it from me? What's wrong with me? And you need to ask yourself the question. Let, let me put it like this. 
When people start not wanting help from you, listen everyone, stop looking at them and start looking at you. Did you get that? When people start rejecting your help, stop looking at them and start looking at yourself and see what it is about me. The first thing I would say is you may think you have the skills, but they don't think you have. Correct? When, again, sorry for using Jeanette as, as an example or getting married again as an example, but they're very good examples because for me it's incredibly important. I must have had, I don't know how many pastors in Romania, in Bulgaria, in America, in every country in the world who wanted to help me find a wife. It's the biggest search party in history. <laughs> and Singapore, many in Singapore. Look, guys, you know what it, the problem is? Skills. Okay? Skills. Because as an apostle, as a church planter, there's a lot of doctrine. There's a lot of stuff. And I'm aware of that. And I need someone who understands those problems. And then being, getting hooked up with a Latino, you know, this, I'll just give you a little bit of insight. I had a list of things, private, that no one's seen, of the top things that I need to do in my pre-marriage. Do you know what number one was? You're going to be shocked with it. It was the difference between the charismata and evangelical approaches in Latin America as opposed to Europe. Now, that wouldn't have been your first point, would it? But I was aware that if I'm going to marry someone, I am very aware that the charismata expresses itself so differently in South America. And if I'm going to hook up with someone and do churches, she has to be able to walk with that. Listen to this. I chose Peter Finch, who's an apostle, full-time ministry for 30 years, and married to a Latino. Guess what he had? It wasn't number one, number two, or number three. Same point. You see my point? <laughs> You need to get people who actually have the skills. Here's the problem. What if they think they have the skills and you don't? Now you've got recipe for great offense. Now people are going to, you know, potentially be offended, walk away, get hurt, get bitter. But the problem that I have is, is my problem, not yours. So don't make this about you. Amen? Don't make this situation about you. So if someone goes in and I try to help you, Tim, and you say, do you know what? I would rather Michael do it. No problem. This is not about me. This is about you getting the help you need. I told a joke last week, but it's not a joke. It's a true story. Deshaun was sick. He had a heart bypass, remember? And he flew into Singapore, very brave, only a week later. Flew into Singapore. He's sitting there. And Rick turned to him and said, we need to pray for you. He said, Alan Das, would you pray for Deshaun? And Deshaun said, I'd rather have someone else. <laughs> That's so funny. That was so funny. I, you know, because for whatever reason, Alan Das is a lovely man. Absolutely lovely man. But maybe not a fire faith kind of guy. There was no problem. No offense. A bit like, can you have, no problem. Find someone else. But he was sick. He had a heart attack. So maybe you need to ask yourself, let me repeat, when people start rejecting my help, I need to stop looking at them and I need to start looking at me. Do I actually have the skills? Maybe I'm too young, maybe I'm too old, maybe it's just male. They're looking for a female. And it's not a male issue, it's not a female issue. Just accept that. Perhaps you're too close. Everybody say, ouch. Perhaps they don't like your marriage. That's why you just said, ouch. Maybe they don't like your marriage. 
So you, maybe your pastor and wife, or you know, Stephen, Simran, Tim, Angela, whatever you say, can we come around and pray for you? No. I'd rather you didn't. Offense. <laughs> Why not? Well, because I see the way you talk to your wife. I've seen, I've, I've seen the attitude of your wife to your husband. I don't want that in my marriage. Now, people may not say that to you, but they say it to me all the time. Okay? When people start rejecting your help, you need to stop looking at them and start looking at yourself. Marriages are observed all day long. There's nowhere to hide in a marriage, man. Nowhere to hide. Maybe they don't like the behavior of your children, and I've had this a gazillion times, over and over and over. Uh, we can judge so quickly, especially pastors. Every, every, every child has to be good except mine. You know, it's true. Uh, but some people, they don't like your children. Don't like maybe their demeanor or they think it's too strict or too lawless. Which would I rather have? I would probably rather have lawless. <laughs> I remember a guy, this is a good story because he's just got engaged and turned into an absolute man of God. I'm delighted with him. When he was about this size, I could not control that boy. See these windows? He'd be climbing on this, climbing over the seat. And the church members, every time you walk in the room, Eliab, get off the sound desk. Eliab, come out of the toilet. This guy was just nonstop, all day, every day. Pastor Fred's son, you, you, he'll, he'll laugh at that because it's true. But I remember being confronted by one of the members in the church. Pastor Mike, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do? Yesterday, he was kicking a football. Kicking a football. What are you going to do with him? And I said, I remember my reply, at least he's normal. At least he's normal. At least he's showing the signs of an ordinary boy. And I tell you this, today he's, he's excellent, outstanding. So why did I get onto that now? It's just you doing that to me. Oh yeah, children, 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 children. You think people are, if people are rejecting you, you're going to have to come a day when I look at my marriage. If you want to go on in ministry. It's going to have to be a way I look at my kids. Or it could be race. For me, I believe there's black issues within black families. Black culture. There's white issues. And all the other color issues. There most certainly are. And I, I, I have said no to people, many examples, but the Indian community were inviting me to deal with this and deal with that. We had about 150 Indians in Glasgow. And I, you know, many times I said, no, I'm not doing it. Because you're thinking of this immediate problem and I'm thinking of the generations. I don't want to get involved in this. This is a cultural issue with nuances that I don't know. I don't know your culture, Mariellum culture. So, yeah, go back into your own race and solve that problem internally, and that will be far better for the generations. Amen? So don't be offended. I'm a white guy. If that doesn't work, no problem. No problem. Don't take it personally. Amen? Don't take it personally. And I, I won't, because I get myself in trouble. I could give some big examples on success and failure on the race card. Success and failure. At believing that you know, one size fits all. It doesn't. It does not. It does not. Uh, some of these cultural issues, Chinese issues, Asian issues, Nepalese issues. Let's not get into Nepalese issues. Just <laughs> praise the Lord. 
Number five, people who are not willing to do what it takes to get it, to get the help. Now, I don't want to pick on worship, but in a few weeks' time, we have a restructuring Sunday. Um, some of the team are going to share here. We have some Bible college people talk about youth, children, many things that are taking place on that Sunday. And one of the things about our worship team, or any team, is having a willing spirit that I will do whatever I need to do to grow. Okay? So I'm here to serve. But so often, not with these guys, it's a great, great, great team. But let me give you an example. Say someone wants to play the keyboard. So they come to practice and they're on there. And Johanny says, uh, they start playing. And he said, actually, that's, you're in the wrong key. And the person says, oh, you hate me? No, I didn't say I hate you. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't say that. I said, you're in the wrong key. You're calling me Satan. <laughs> calling me the Antichrist. No, I didn't. Say Do you know what? I don't want to play. I don't want to play. You obviously don't want me to play. Is that person willing to do what they need to do? No. And so you can ask for help. You can put yourself forward for help. But then you've got to be willing to take, and that's painful, you've got to be willing to take advice. I tell you this, friends, when the motivation of that pianist's heart is to glorify God, they will take advice all day long. They'll be writing down every word you say. Thank you for that. Anything else? Let's try again next week. Amen. Number six, and this is another difficult one but very common, people who refuse to leave their circle of negative influence. I want you to play along with me here. Picture in your mind, don't mention any names, <laughs> picture in your mind a dysfunctional person. Go, picture in your mind. Don't look at your husband and wife. <laughs> picture in your mind a dysfunctional person. Now I want you to think of the people you think of when you think of that person. They're dysfunctional. Because birds of a feather. Now think of a successful person. Now think of the people you think of when you think of that person. They are successful. And you can't help someone. We all come to Christ with some degree of dysfunctionality. But in order for us to begin a normal... I'll call it that, progression, we have to be willing to leave the company that has been destructive. Amen? That was so true for me. Absolutely true for me. I had to make a very firm stance in moving out of the company I was in and moving into all new company. You, I think I'm wasting my time if I'm going to Help someone here. A bit like Herod, Herodias. Remember that situation with John the Baptist? That's a, that's a bad situation. All the cell leaders, regional leaders, you'll know this situation very well. Let's say this is uh, John the Baptist, and this is Herodias here. Herod went to John the Baptist and listened to him. The Bible says he liked to listen to him and believed in what he said, but then he went to... Herodias, and she talked him out of it. And then he went back to John the Baptist. And then he went back to Herodias. And he was back like a ping pong ball. He's a double-minded man, right? 
And, and who won that battle, by the way? Herodias. So Herod was never willing to move out of his past, never willing to change the company. And I challenge you, what company do you keep in the workplace? What are you known as? I hope it's a peacemaker. Amen. Amen. In your family. Jesus. When my father died, we had the largest family gathering we've ever had. It's 41 grandchildren, just to give you an idea. <laughs> That's Catholics. So this is quite a big, big crowd of people. And there's one person who's ostracized from our family because of pretty severe behavior on their part. And the room was full, and that person was one of the last people to arrive. And I'll never forget it. Because they walked into the door, and many people were, you know, they weren't welcome, this person. Weren't really welcome at a funeral because there was so much bad blood. That person looked around the room in panic, and do you know what they did? Walked straight over and sat right beside me. Yeah. I hardly know them. Amen. And I know why. It's because I'm a Christian. That's what it was. Isn't that nice? I think it's very nice. I was very pleased that you felt confident enough. She was saying, protect me. Protect me. Stay with me. And I pray that we give off that acceptance to people. Amen? Seven and eight are just talking about men and women. Men need to be in authority structure because if they're not, you're going to be wasting your time giving endless advice because it will come down in the end. Women, I'm, I'm a traditionalist, but women do need to come under male authority at home and in the church. Hello. Amen. Amen. Because that, these two things affect one another. Remember the marriage. Happy marriage, happy ministry. Happy home, happy ministry. Those two things go hand in hand all day long. A guy that, that sorts it out at home, he will automatically, peace comes into that family, home and disposition. And lastly, the last couple, offense takers and blame shifters. Father, would you deliver us from shifting the blame? Amen. Deliver me from, from the easy way out that says this is her fault, this is his fault, this is the world's fault. That's the, that, at its core, that's a victim mentality. And those who suffer in this are some of the most you know, miserable people on earth, friend. And we can all be there, can't we? Of course we can. I can say, what about this and what about that? And I don't believe God wants me to be there. Rather to accept who I am, my disposition, and be willing to accept help. When I first joined the gym, hallelujah, Michael did an assessment of me. I had to go on the treadmill and he's, come, and he's doing my things and he's doing my blood pressure and doing all sorts of stuff and he said come back in a few days and I thought it's a really nice guy Michael very good guy good trainer good attitude come back in two days and we'll show you the results so I come back in two days and he said you're overweight and you're out of shape I thought I thought he was a nice guy and I, grossly mistaken grossly mistaken it's the antichrist so 
What kind of person tells me that I'm overweight? Go on, just tell the truth. <laughs> you all said, no, 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 no. shall I say it? A friend. It's a friend. It's someone who has your best interest in mind. You're overweight. You're out of shape. Now, I can be the blame shifter. I can say, oh, it's McDonald's fault. You know, I can take offense. I can do all sorts of things, and that just shuts down. But instead, I have to own up and say, do you know what? You're right. I am. I am both. And with your help, we can fix this to some degree. Hallelujah, Sima. <laughs> I walked in the door, and when I'd been away in Singapore, Sima walks in, she says, you're fat. I walked up to Hallelujah for truth tellers. Amen. Doesn't offend me in the slightest. Go back to the beginning and look at this scripture. As you enter a home or someone enters your life, give them your greeting. Be friendly. Be nice. If they are deserving, let your peace and let the relationship remain. But if not, take your peace back. If anyone doesn't welcome you, or they don't want your advice, they don't want your help, no problem, don't take it personally. Leave that home or town and move on. Shake the dust off your feet means you don't take any of the attitudes or bitternesses with you as you proceed. I'm done. But I want you to reflect. Uh, Joe, could you play for us there? I want you to reflect over your past just bow your heads a moment. I want you to reflect on your history with your family, friends, school, college, whatever it might be, and consider where you left peace. Peace in relationships, peace in work, peace in church. Lord, I accept that I'm not the answer in every situation. I accept for a multitude of reasons that people may choose someone else. And that's fine. In Jesus' name, that's fine. Help me to recognize my strengths and my weaknesses. Shine your light on me and give me acceptance of both. Lord, if I am the Jonah in somebody's boat, I'm not going to wait till they throw me over. I'm going to recognize it and move on and shake the dust off my feet. If there's a Jonah in my boat, whatever it might be, hurts, attitudes, problems. I choose today, with your grace and your power, to throw those things out of my life. Jesus, still the storms. Still the storms, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for speaking to me. 
speaking to us. We pray that, Lord, indeed, we'll not just be hearers of the words, but we will be the doers of the words. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that, Lord, help us to understand that not everybody needs our help and not everybody will accept us. It might feel difficult at a time. There are times that we might feel rejected. But Lord, we understand that we are very different from each other. So we pray that Lord, the Counselor, the Helper, Holy Spirit of God, may you help us. May you help each one of us. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I also pray that if there's any Jonas that are in our lives, in our hearts, in our emotions, we take that out of our lives in Jesus' name and we throw it out because we want to be free. We want to excel, excel in whatever we, were, we are doing. And we don't want to be held, by, held back by those Jonas in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, as you stand at the hearts of our doors and knocking, waiting if anybody will open their hearts so that you can come, enter in and help. And Lord, today I want to confess, I want to be one of that who will say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. Lord, take everything that is unnecessary out of my life. Take it out whether it's friends, negative friends, or whatever the influences, whatever the Jonah that is in me, as you come in, may you kick them all out so that, Lord, I will have peace with you and I will maintain that within me. I will, I will shake off those dust. I will not be brought down. I will not be you know, pushed down, not be disturbed by the influences that are around me. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you this morning. We thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we stand and offer God praise for his word as we um, hear the closing song, but I just want us to, for a few women, just consider this. Bible says that as you enter a home, give it your peace if it's deserving. What if you don't have any peace? What do you give then? It means that all of us should have this peace of God to be able to give it to a, a deserving home. There are people that we meet who might deserve peace and who will need peace, but do we have this peace ourselves? It's not a big deal if you don't have it, but it's a big deal if you know you don't have it and you don't seek for it or you don't want it, as the passenger said. But now there is, we know where we can get this peace. We know Jesus is here and he offered this peace to everybody. In fact, he says that peace I live with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14, 27. 
Jesus has peace that is given to each and every one of us right now. I can't think of anything that anybody, that any group of people need except the peace of God. Look at what is happening in this world. People are pulling their hairs out because of peace. Look at everywhere. I mean, you don't even have to look or listen. You feel it in the air. There isn't peace anywhere. But where the peace of God prevails, there is normality and tranquility. Even in chaos, you still experience peace. That is not the peace that the world gives. I pray this afternoon that Jesus who has promised us peace will give you peace today and this peace will remain with you. That wherever you go, that whoever you meet, that need this peace, you are able to leave this peace with them. And this peace will stay in their lives and this peace will be with them until the end of time. Father, we thank you that you've given us your word. We thank you that you've given us your peace. Lord, we pray that this peace will be with us now and forever. We pray that, Lord, we shall be able to leave this peace to people that we meet, to homes that we go to, to places that we go to who deserve are deserving of this peace, Lord. We are grateful unto you once again. We thank you once again for being in our midst. We pray that you don't you are not leaving us, Lord. You go with us in our various homes, in our various jobs, in our various schools, in our various workplaces, Lord. Be with us throughout the week and we shall come here again next week, Lord, with you and still receive of you. We thank you. We bless you. Give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.